Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of Around the Slice. And before we get anything started, of course, happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills have notched their first one of the season, a blowout victory, I might add, and then moved to one-on-one on the year. Now, the Dolphins won last night against the Patriots, so the Bills are still uh, second in the AFC East, or third, actually, because the Jets got the tiebreaker with them with one-on-one. Uh, winning last week, and then the Patriots are 0-2, which I'm I'm <laughs> not too beat up over that. I actually enjoy it. Um, but anyway, so here's the rundown for today. This is how we're going to be formatting all my Insta uh, day later reaction episodes this um, season. So we're going to be go over the official score. Then we're going to go over the bill uh, enact the five inactives pregame. Then my stock reports so are stock up. So who really showed out or helped themselves to this game. Mixed, which again, there isn't much. There's only one or two, I believe. Um, it didn't necessarily help themselves or hurt themselves. They're just kind of ordinary. And then stacked down, there's only one here. And then my two uh, awards. Um, if you were here last week, then you would know. If not, I have two creative names that I think are pretty funny. And then we're going to reflect on my five predictions from the preview episode um, when was that? So today's Monday. So from the preview episode from last Thursday, and then we're going, I'm just going to give some final thoughts, um, some final thoughts, if you will, on certain position groups coming out of this game and how it could fare for the rest of the season. So without further ado, let's just get into it. So the Buffalo Bills blew out the Las Vegas Raiders 38-10 to in their home opener. Uh, it was kind of cool because... Legendary Bills linebacker Takeo Spikes, uh, Takeo, whatever you say. I'm just going to say Takeo. Takeo Spikes was the legend of the game. They do that every year for the home opener. So that was pretty cool. So that was pretty cool. Sorry, I was kind of distracted there. Um, but yeah, Bills won 38-10 blowout victory. Next for the five-game inactives. Uh, same five as last week. No change. Safety, DeMar Hamlin. Cornerback, Kyer Elam. Defense, Van Kingsley, Jonathan. Offensive lineman Jermaine Effetti, an offensive lineman Alec Anderson. Effetti is probably still getting up to speed. And um, Effetti is still getting up to speed because he was only signed a few weeks ago or on cut down day right before the season. And then DeMar Hamlin, whether it's mental or whatever, he's probably still getting ready. And then Kyer Elam. Listen, I just fear it's not going to happen for a K year. Barring any injury to Christian Benford, even Dane Jackson, or any of those corners, maybe even Saran Neal. I fear that's just not going to happen unless he's forced to play because of that. And then Kingsley Jonathan, he's just behind uh, Epineza as that third slash fourth defensive end right now. Uh, anyway, let's get to my stock report. So first for stock up, I got a lot more to say in this category than last uh, week because last week was just miserable. But this was awesome, obviously. Stock up, QB Josh Allen. Here's a stat line, 31 for 37, 84%. Completion percentage, I believe, because he's been known to be pretty wild with the football and inaccurate times in, over his career. So I believe that's pretty by a wide margin. I believe that's a new career high in completion percentage, which is awesome to see. 274 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and then he added seven rushing yards on the ground. But um, this was awesome. Like I said in the preview, I would, one of my five game predictions was that Josh Allen bounces back and has a huge game, like, that wasn't just I hoping, that needed to happen. 
That was a necessity. After all week of people bashing Josh Allen, I feel like people, and I did too. Listen, I came up right away in this podcast and said, we lost because of Josh. Josh admitted it. He knew it. He looked miserable in his post-game press conference against the Jets. But this was a necessity, and he came out and showed why he is still a freak of nature and one of the best players in the league. So, uh, so yeah. I've just learned to never doubt Josh Allen again. I think that performance fueled him last week. I think him, Dorsey, and McDermott really talked and got him on the same page. So this was awesome. Uh, Running back James Cook. What a workhorse. 17 carries. The Bills last two years, they totaled 17 carries between two or three running backs for a whole game, let alone one. But this was a workhorse game for him. 17 carries, 123 yards, and then through the air, he added four catches for 36 yards. He had one really long run on the sideline, but 123 yards. I mean, that that's just awesome. Um, We'll get to this. Well, we'll save that for later when I get to Ken Dorsey. But I thought James Cook was elusive today. Um, really shifty on his feet as well. Like he was touted coming out of college, coming out of Georgia. He's on pace for 315 touches right now if he keeps this up over the next 15 uh, regular season games. I don't know if he'll get that much, but I feel like this is a real statement game for James Cook. James Cook hasn't become anywhere near a household name. He's RB1. Now, not like across the league, like RB1 in terms of like a Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, even Josh Jacobs workhorse. Uh, coincidentally, funny enough, who we faced in bottled up pretty much. Um, but my point is he's an RB1 in Bill's terms. And I didn't know Bill's terms meant 17 carries. I feel like Ken Dorsey... Gave James Cook every opportunity. He even pressed through the air as well. And then uh, the uh, running back Damian Harris, seven carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. And running back Latavius Murray, six carries, 22 yards, one touchdown. um, And a couple catches for nine yards. So that's good. That Those two don't really provide the receiving game. Latavius Murray is okay in the receiving game. James Cook is mainly for that. But these are what these guys were brought in to do. Five to eight carries a game. Goal line situations, uh, goal to go situations, third and one, fourth and one, third and goal, fourth and goal. You get the point. They're brought in for short yardage backs. I mean, Latavius Murray is like a freight train. He's the second tallest back in NFL running back in NFL history at six three, but he's also two thirty, so he's very muscular as well. Uh, wide receiver Stefan Diggs, seven catches for sixty six yards. I mean, last week he had a hundred two yards, and then this week. He had, sorry, I'm just calculating, 66. So he has 168 yards in the season and a touchdown through two games. He would have gotten a touchdown on that fourth and goal thing if Josh Allen had saw him. He was literally sitting there in the back of the end zone. I think Josh abandoned him too quickly. And he tried to get it Deontay Hardy who slipped. But Stefan Diggs, that's a bad miss for Josh Allen. He even threw it his way, but he was sitting back there. So, But Diggs continues elite start the season and then wide receiver Gabe Davis six catches 92 yards one touchdown he usually only gets like three or four bonds I liked how he worked in the middle of the field I liked his route running this game I think his route running has steadily improved as we start this season here slash end of last season uh yeah and he got a lot of volume I think he got like eight targets actually I think he caught a I, either way, he got six catches. I guess the targets don't really matter, but either way, I didn't see any drops, so that's good hand, ball security and hand uh, security from G- 
Gabe Davis. And then wide receiver Cleo Shagir, who barely saw the field if uh, at all, but one catch, 11 yards, but that one catch was a touchdown. So anytime a young player like that gets a touchdown, you got to praise him. Uh, and then the two tight ends, Dalton Kincaid and Knox. Kincaid had five catches for 43 yards, and then Knox didn't get as much work. He had three catches, 10 yards, but he's the one that had a touchdown. This is a fun duo. They had nearly identical percentage of offensive snaps. Dalton Kincaid is a starter. Like, they're starting him in the slot. Like, your starters are obviously the five offensive linemen, then Josh Allen, that's six. Then James Cook is seven. And then eight and nine are, uh, wait, I messed this up. And then James Cook is seven. Oh, yes. Eight and nine are Diggs and Davis. And then ten, Dawson Knox. And that third quote-unquote slot receiver is actually a tight end in Dalton Kincaid. So that's cool to see. And then right tackle Spencer Brown. I was so nervous that Max Crosby was going to eat his lunch. I was so nervous that Max Crosby was going to eat him live. Whatever adjective you want to use, use it. He bullied him. Max Crosby didn't even register. This is crazy. He didn't even register a single QB hurry, QB pressure, a QB hit, tackle for loss. None of that. Spencer Brown put the clamps on him. Uh, Spencer Brown really, his pad protection was elite uh, this game. I mean, Max Crosby couldn't get anything. Great hip movement from Spencer Brown. Great staying in his two-point speed stance and all that that's just what you'd love to see from Spencer Brown who continues to develop hopefully and the linebacker Matt Milano one interception four tackles one pass deflection I mean he continues to be everything and more he's got to fill the void left behind by Tremaine Edmonds and still playing elite level I feel like he's playing for two of that both of them now himself and the void left behind Edmonds that is awesome awesome he's I feel like even though he was an all-pro last season, he's still underappreciated, still underrated across the league. You think of, like, the top linebackers. Like, he, for my money, Matt Milano is the best coverage linebacker in the league. Like, I know people are going to bring up Devin White, Levante David, Roquan Smith. Yeah, those are all great coverage linebackers. But Matt Milano, he's great on disguise blitzes. He's great on delayed blitzes, which I'll give a quick synopsis of that if you don't know. Basically, uh... The quarterback snaps the ball, and then they wait for a minute, and then the linebacker uh, reads it and triggers and goes. Ben Lado did that a few times last season. He's gotten so much better at his downhill attacking that with those disguise coverage, uh, disguise blitzes, blitzes, I should say, but his coverage um, remains to be elite. I mean, everything about him is elite. And then... It, while we're talking about linebackers, his running mate, a middle linebacker at the mic, linebacker Terrell Bernard, one interception as well, and six tackles and one pass deflection. We finally got a middle linebacker play. For a duo that might very well be one of the smallest, if not the smallest linebacker doing the league, because Milano and Bernard are only like six foot, six one, respectively. But they make up for it with their play. And I don't know if middle linebacker is totally solved, but I feel like. I feel much more comfortable seeing Terrell Bernard actually make a play. I know the jokes are going to be, oh, this is a change of scenery because Tremaine Edmonds never got a pick. Tremaine Edmonds never made his splash plays. Tremaine Edmonds kept dropping interceptions off his hands. Yes, that's true, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Terrell Bernard is 6'1", and Tremaine Edmonds is 6'5". Yes, Tremaine Edmonds probably can't um, contort and move laterally and north to south, east to west, whatever you want to call it, as well as Terrell Bernard because he's so lengthy and that freak of nature style. But 
I, I love to see that Terrell Bernard is finally contributing in a meaningful way. And I think this is his job until proven otherwise. But I love that you have Christian Kirk in the practice squad. I really don't want to see Terrell Dotson out there. And clearly, even with injury, Bernard is better than Dotson and maybe even Kirksey right now. But both linebackers making elite plays. And then defensive tackle, Ed Oliver. I mean, he did more than just the box score showed. But the box score showed three tackles, one tackle for loss, one QB hit. But other than that, he had a monster game. He's had an elite start to the season. That new contract, he's playing off it very well. He's uh, paying dividends right away. Love to see it. He hasn't been a boss, but I've had my criticisms out of Oliver, whether it was last year, earlier in the off, this offseason, talking to a few special guests here and there on this podcast. Um, I, I just think he had a, he's had a great start to the season. And beyond the box score watching, box score, I should say, he had multiple a few more pressures too. So he had like three pressures and all that. I just said he made a huge tone setter on that first drive, you know, where the Raiders kept throwing us screens and, you know, one deep and then Devontae Adams around after catch touchdown. He's at Oliver came up with a huge three yard tackle for loss at the beginning. Only good defensive play of that opening drive. Thank God the Raiders didn't score a single touchdown after that going up seven, nothing. The Bills scored like 28 unanswered points after it was like 10 and seven. So, uh, yeah, at Oliver, great start to the season. De- defensive end, Greg Rousseau, three tackles, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. Just like Oliver, he had a few more pressures beyond just the box score. But box score doesn't show pressures. Um, Greg Rousseau, my criticism coming out of college was that he has to develop his rush moves. He relies on speed and length. And he's finally developed that, I feel like. And he's going to be a breakout even when Von Miller comes back. That is a great defense. Top three you have with Von Miller once he comes back. Of course. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd wasn't in stock up. But he had a pretty nice game as well. Uh-uh, I just didn't list him here. Um, Yeah, Rousseau. I mean, his length is apparent. He's 6'7", 270. And the 6'7 shows he bats ball down, tips balls up to himself. I mean... And he's developing his pass rush moves, and he's getting more powerful. He combines le- power, speed, and length so well, and I feel like um, he could push for a Pro Bowl this season. Not all Pro, but at least Pro Bowl. Next, defensive tackle, another defensive lineman. Daquan Jones, one tackle, one tackle for loss, one QB yet. Even had a couple pressures beyond just that. This is great death to have behind with Oliver and rotating a saddle forward slash Jordan Phillips as well. Defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, he had one pass deflection, but he also, again, he's 6'6", Greg Rousseau's 6'7". Those two flashed their length, Rousseau more than Epinesa. But Epinesa even got his paw, big paws up there, if you will, got his hands up there, and he even had a couple of pressures. He was close to tackle for loss. And back to Greg Rousseau, I know he didn't have a sack, but he could have had, same with Ed Oliver, they could have had one or two sacks each on the day. Uh, there were just not many flags in this game, but... Uh, Jimmy G didn't get it out at fat, as fast. They easily could have had. But AJ Epinesa, he's been disappointing. Now that Boogie Basham's at the door, there's even more pressure on Epinesa, who's a free agent next offseason. And I don't know if he returns to Buffalo or whatnot, but this has got to be a hit for Bean. He's been a little shaky with his second-round picks. First and second-round picks, I should say. Uh, and then safety, Taylor Rapp. He, one tackle, but one fumble recovery, and I believe that fumble was caused by... Uh, Dane Jackson. Yeah, corner, backup corner. 
outside CB2 to Christian Bedford, Dane Jackson forced it, and Taylor Rapper covered it, so one fumble recovery in the tackle. And then he came in for an injured Micah Hyde uh, last um, um, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, and then they pulled Jordan Poyer thing because it was a blow on putting Cam Lewis. But for a player that had a pretty rough game last week against the Jets on Monday Night Football and that horrible loss when they tried to go big nickel or some sub packages, it did not work. Taylor Rapp bounced back in a big way and was around the ball. I know people say fumble recoveries don't matter. It's just luck. Well, it, it's not just luck. You have to have a nose for the football and be aware that the football is out at least. So that was good to see in quote-unquote garbage time. And then these aren't players. These last two things. First, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. I mean, he was in his bag this game. Um, he, he was on fire. Now, I've had my fair, a lot fair share criticisms of Ken Dorsey, whether it be last year, this offseason, or specifically last week. He was awesome. Other than a couple fourth and goal situations, mainly that one where it uh, wasn't executed very well, I loved his mix of pass and run. He got everyone involved. Diggs, Davis, Cook out of the backfield, um, the two tight ends, and... Knox and Kincaid. By the way, I got to come up with... We got to... As a Bills Mafia community, we got to come up with a name for them. Maybe, like... Because they're both DK initials, so, like, the DK crew or something. I don't know. We got to come up with a clever nickname for those two. Because they're going to be fun and dynamic duo all season to watch. But back to Ken Dorsey. I loved his mixture of runs and pass. And it was awesome. I feel like he changed his game plan after the offense was flat in the first couple drives. Or just that first drive, actually. And I love, love he gave Josh easy button throws. I only think they had, like, two or three passes that went, like, more than 20 yards in the air. Not run after catch, because there were a lot of that. But more than 20 yards, 20-plus yards in the air. So that was good to see. He just mixed everything so well. And I love it, and I want to see it more going forward. Next, run defense. The Bills run defense, those... At that huge defensive line, like I just talked with, at Oliver, Daquan Jones, um, Poon, uh, not Puna Ford, I much action, AJ Epineza and Greg Rousseau, run defense. They held Josh Jacobs to nine carries for negative two yards, one of the best running backs in the league, and they made him beat him through the air. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if he has pressure on him, you, you, he's not going to attempt a lot of pass. He shouldn't be attempting a lot of passes, and that's how they won because – they couldn't do anything on the ground. Josh Jacobs did have 34 receiving yards, mainly one after catch, but pure rushing, only nine carries for negative two yards. And then mix, I only have one here. Cornerback Christian Benford, two tackles for one pass deflection. He had an excellent game last week, tracking down Brees Hall on the uh, saving the touchdown and saving four points. But this game, I feel like he was out of position a few times. A lot of... Uh, a couple of the secondary players were out of position a few times. Christian Bedford made a couple of nice pass breakups, but then he could, in the beginning of the game was out of position a few times. I mean, it's Devontae Adams, and what are you going to do? But other than that, I feel like even he got beat by a rookie from Cincinnati, third-round pick Trey Tucker. So up and down game for Bedford. And then stock down, I hate to do this in such a blowout victory, but safety Jordan Porter, he only had three tackles. I feel like some of his angles he took... We're not very good in the beginning of the game, mainly the first couple drives. He missed some tackles. I don't know. Last week, I genuinely don't want to like be hyperbolic here and over-exaggerate to this, but last week against the Jets, I genuinely think he had one of his worst games in his 
going into his in his six and a half, uh, seven years with the Buffalo Bills, him and Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde's been fine. But Jordan Poyer, yeah, I don't know if it's age or whatever. He turned 32 in April. Uh, so I don't know how much longer he'll be in Buffalo, but hopefully he bounces back in a big way. I have no concerns. I just wanted to bring it up in stack down for Jordan Poyer. Next, big slice. Uh, so the player of the game. Well, I'm just starting saying it. I'll spoil it. So big slice of the game award. Since this podcast is called Around the Slice, then basically this has got to be a big slice. Someone that really put their stamp on this game and should have. Now, let me preface this by saying I usually stay away and stray away from giving this award. Again, big slice of the game award to Josh Hale and Stefan Diggs, because those are the stars of the show in Buffalo, right? I want to give somebody who plays some shine, like, duh, Josh Hale and Stefan Diggs are going to play well. But I'm making a sec- exception for this episode and this week because Josh Allen played so bad last week. He had a huge bounce this game. Bounce back game. I'm giving my big slicks of the game more to Q- quarterback, QB, Josh Allen, QB1, 17, J17. Awesome. Um... So this is being recorded on Monday, the day after the game. So Monday, September 18th, barring something crazy and some Kenny Pickett or Deshaun Watson goes off the quarterbacks mainly in tonight's Steeler, Browns at Steelers Monday at football game. I think Josh Allen is pretty firmly in the uh, driver's seat, front runner for AFC Offense Player of the Week, and I do think he'll get it. But I usually don't give it to Allen and Diggs, but those are too obvious. But big slice of the game. Award goes to Josh Allen in this case. I'm making an exception. Uh, Burnt Slice of the Game Award. Usually, this is basically a most disappointing player. So, say you go to your favorite pizza shop. Uh, there's have elite pizza every time. And then all of a sudden, one day, one night you get it. Um, I know relaxing night. And it comes back burnt. You're expecting one thing and they hugely disappointed. Not hugely, but the bottom line is they disappointed. And that's usually how I categorize, define this award. But I got nobody. Like Jordan Poyer. Um, Jordan Poyer I put in stock down for showing his age a bit. Um, having kind of a rough start to the season here for his couple games. But I don't think it's hugely disappointing. And that's not like sound the alarm. So I have nobody for um, burnt slice of the game award. Which is good. Very good for this Bills team. Next, let's reflect on my five game predictions from last Thursday's preview. If you heard it then you know what the predictions are. If you didn't, then I'll go over the prediction and tell you if it happened or didn't happen this game in this week. First out of five, the Josh Halen returns to form with three passing touchdowns. That happened. He had three passing touchdowns. Um, they went to, let's see here, they went to Knox. I think it was in this order. So they, Dawson Knox had the first receiving touchdown, then Kalush scared the second, and Gabe Davis had the third, so that happened. Josh with three passing touchdowns. James Cook, my second prediction was James Cook has a, has a, has a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. That didn't happen. Neither happened. But I'll take 123 yards. Totally fine if he doesn't have a touchdown. If he gets that amount of work as a workhorse back and production. Third prediction out of five, I said Gabe Davis has 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Didn't happen. He came eight yards shy, short of 100 yards. He had 92 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, pretty close to spot-on prediction, but that didn't happen, so I can't take credit for that. Uh, fourth one, this is the last, like, true prediction because the fifth one is, like, the winner in score. But fourth, Ed Oliver has at least two sacks. Didn't happen, but he, him and Rousseau were very close to one or two sacks each. 
So that didn't happen, but very close. Uh, fifth one, I said Bills win the game 31-20. Now, Bills won, but exact score wasn't right. I guess I was too conservative. Um, they won 38-20, obviously, and I said 31-20. guess I was too conservative there, but uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to give like myself half credit for that. So I got like one and a half out of five predictions right. So not very good, so... My predictions have been pretty bad this season. I believe I went 0-5 last week and 1.5 out of 5 this week. So I'm like 1.5 out of 10. So 1.5 out of 10, right? That's not very good. <laughs> but it's still a win, so I don't really care if I get my predictions right or not in a blowout victory. Next, final thoughts as questions. No questions, but thoughts. Just certain position groups coming out of this game moving forward. Uh, first, Josh Allen is still a nightmare to play against and still an elite player. Like, people were doubting him all week, including myself. But I moved on after a few days. And this was a get-right game for Josh Allen. This needed to happen. I wasn't just hoping this happened. This needed to happen for him. Like I said, barring anything crazy in Brown Steelers tonight, I believe he should be awarded AFC Offensive Player of the Week, firmly in front-runner and driver's seat for that, as I said. But... Josh Allen is still a nightmare for defensive coordinators. And I love how he took what was there. Ken Dorsey set him up for tons of success yesterday. Uh, next, I loved how all three running backs were involved in this game. Murray, Cook, Murray, and Harris. They need to do this every week. They had 30 carries between all three of them. I mean, when's last time that happened for the Bills? And I actually have the snap count and splits here for all three running backs, courtesy of Sal Capaccio on um, Twitter here. So James Cook played 59% of the offensive snaps. Latavius Murray played 23% of the snaps. Offensive snaps, I should say, and Damian Harris played 18% of the offensive snaps, which adds up to 100. So Cook, 59%. Um, Murray... 23%, and Damon Harris, 18% of the offensive snaps. Murray actually out-snapped, I know, only by 5% in a little, in a few snaps, but Murray actually out-snapped Damon Harris technically. I knew that was a possibility just because he's more experienced, and Damon Harris only missed most, almost all of the preseason. He only played one preseason game and missed a lot of training camp with a knee injury, So, and he has a pretty sizable injury history. Uh, third here, I just had Dawson Knox and Dalton Kikade are going to be phone duo to watch going forward. We, I, like I said, we got to get a nickname for these two. Maybe the DK crew, uh, some creative and clever and witty nickname. Um, I'll just say the DK crew for now, but Knox, the Kikade, um, very fun duo going forward. And what a lot of teams, unless, uh, other than like eight or nine teams, if that, they don't even have one contributing High level tight end. And now we got two. That's awesome to see. Uh, next, everyone on the offense line had a near-perfect game. I see you near-perfect because uh, McGovern and Morse were pulled, like, injury for a drive or two. But, uh, yeah, near-perfect game. Spencer Brown absolutely dominated and was awesome on the blocks with Max Crosby. Once again, didn't Crosby didn't register a single QB hurry, single QB pressure, sack, tackles for loss. None of that. Um, that was awesome. And Deion Dawkins and Osiris Torrance has very well held his own. I know the Mass Crosby, that defense line is nothing. But they got a speedy rookie in Tyree Wilson who can kick inside sometimes. But 
he's going against Dawkins and Torrance, and I felt like they were all awesome. Like, all of them. So, I'm most impressed by Simpson Brown. I mean, he dominated Max Crosby. I can't say it enough. Lastly, Ed Oliver seems to be playing off that contract in a huge way. Um, Playing, paying, whatever word it is. Um, Playing off that contract in a huge way. $17 million a season. I believe he's like the 15th highest paid defensive tackle, AAV, average annual value. So, per a season, $17 million a year. And that's awesome. I was critical. The timing of it. It was in like, when was it? June? Yeah. Middle of June, he got extended. A couple months after the draft, so that's good. But elite start to this season, so yeah. Uh, anyways, guys, that is um, that is the recap. I blow up victory again. The Buffalo Bills, in their home opener, blow up victory to the Las Vegas Raiders. Beat them 38-10. to We needed this dose of like healthy medicine, if you will. This was awesome to watch. Uh, just a few plugs I want to get out of the way. I do have a Patreon. If you don't know what that is... Um, it's a way for me to give you guys extra, you guys as the audience if you want to sign up, extra exclu- extra exclusive content, excuse me, uh, for um, that's not found in this podcast, whether that's weekly power rankings, college football upset watches every Saturday, uh, um, just any content like that, or like instant reaction to Bill's games. I haven't done it yet, but I'll pick that up. So for just $3 a month, you can get that. It's patreon.com slash around the slice, name of this podcast. Easily easy as that. Um I'll put it in the description of any podcasting platform slash medium you're on. But again, patreon.com slash around the slice. And for three dollars a month you'll get all that extra exclusive content. Um anyway, speaking you can watch this uh watch. <laughs> you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast, and you can follow me personally on Twitter. I'm always tweeting during games. Not just Bills, like all NFL games or any sporting events, really. Um, basketball, once the season starts in a month or so. Uh, at a Weingarten at 13 personally on Twitter. And you can follow the podcast for any updates or just uh, episode links and all that. At Around Slice on Twitter. Anyways, guys, I will see you in a few days this Thursday, September 21st with the Bills and Commanders Week 3 game preview. Anyways, guys, this was a great win. I hope you enjoyed the game. I sure did. Uh, we still have two more games tonight. It's the time of this recording. Actually, doubleheader on Majan Football. That's fun. So, anyways, guys, I'll see you in a few days with that Bills Commanders preview. Bye.